Welcome to machine learning. Well, I'm back on natural language processing and uh, the um, thoughts on that are, are how to uh, group words together and, uh, and in an ensemble that's and then use the NLP to uh, find meaning. And if you can use the, you can use the NLP to dissect uh, parts of the speech of the sentence. Um, and then you can look for certain types of content that is in the sentence. So you could parse out, you know, the sentence structure and uh, and then you can find you know key things that uh, that you're looking for like actions, uh, which would be verbs. Uh, you can then find things that are like nouns and uh, propositions, direct objects, different things like that. Uh, and uh, those are are helpful to get uh, context. But you also um, need. Uh, you can use the uh, the words to uh, make predictions, like classifications, and um, that can be come in the form of uh, 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 using a uh, neural net, and uh, it can be multi multiple uh, label output. So those are. Uh, and that that con that ability to label the content can be ver uh, valuable because as new information comes in, uh, it can then be classified by the neural net, and that might be able then based on that classification that might be able to be used uh, to bring attention to content that the neural net has discovered. And so, uh, these are things that uh, are powerful in terms of uh, using the machine to find pattern in the data, which could be in text form. And uh, there's a lot of content that in businesses that are in text form. So, I, you know, you can do things like sentiment analysis. You can look for know comments that are being circulated uh, maybe among employees that are negative sentiment and then address those uh, sentiments or um, you could be looking at context in a document and then looking for uh, what classification that the, that the text is, is stating and, and perhaps you train it on all of the text and use that for a way to classify uh, certain types of, of uh, patterns that you're looking for. So they just say that NLP is really popular in medical and I can probably see why if you could take the medical transcripts and then you could convert it to NLP and then you could either do prognosis or diagnosis uh, as a result of that 
then uh, when you had similar, you could feed similar content into the neural net, pad the, the text, uh, so everything's tokenized, pad the text, feed that into the input layer of the network, and then see what the, if it uh, picks up any signal. And, uh, and so that uh, from that you might be able to find uh, similarity or they might be able to find things that uh, are in the neural net that, that uh, uh, might make prediction. Now, one of the things that uh, I think is gonna be important if you had that type of capability is for it to be explainable. Why did the neural net uh, make that prediction? So you'd have to, uh, like in PyTorch, uh, you, can, you can analyze each of the weightings and uh, you can see what the, the uh, weightings are on the uh, network. And, uh, and so you can look at the, the, the weightings on the hidden layers and see what features are being uh, uh, determined in the neural net. And that becomes what they call explainable AI. <clears throat> so in some ways, I think you might have a reverse where the AI tells you what it is observing in natural language uh, terms. And so that reversibility uh, will be something that needs to be explored more as uh, we begin to understand the neural net, the weightings, and and then we can do some reverse engineering back into uh, uh, from from a pattern that it finds back into natural language that we can understand. So it can tell us what it found in the in the notes, so like say for example, if one node is saying this is the red node, uh, it, it could say I found uh, a, a, a red red color. If uh, if the neural net says uh, sees a person or a particular person, it could say I see uh, David in the picture, or I see a girl in the picture, or I see a mother in the picture. You know, whatever it's classifying on, uh, it could uh, make that determination. So uh, those are some of the things I think that NLP could be useful for and, uh, and uh, help in the identification of uh, different uh, types of patterns. Well, so, uh, you know, when you look at uh, data science, there's a lot of, uh, you can apply clustering to your data and it will then um, try to help identify what segments exist in the data. And you can kind of see what the, uh, you can kind of see where the clustering might be occurring. And so you can, you can specify how many clusters that you think are in the data. 
and uh, and then also you can use a um, a diagram where it will do like some sort of step stepwise refinement and then counting the number of uh, lines that would kind of give you an idea of how many clusters that are groupings that are in the data uh, from the diagram. So that's one way visually to inspect the data to see how many clusters there are. And then once you once you identify the clusters, then you can identify that to actual uh, groupings of, of, uh, of categories. And so, like, say, if you're looking at flights, maybe you would be uh, the uh, the flights would be like uh, uh, business class. Maybe there might be leisure flyers, maybe business flyers, and then uh, vacation flyers or something like that. Or maybe they're they're in the leisure flyers, or you know, it could be it could be linked to like frequency or or it could be also linked to location. So it all depends on your features that you're tracking uh, based on kind of like how insightful your hypothesis is about your, your, your uh, segments or groups that are in, that you're tracking. And so this is, uh, that, that can be an important, uh, that can be an important feature that way. Well, the world of AI is definitely uh, something to think about. It's, it's changing a lot of different uh, areas of work now. I was looking at uh, robots that can assemble furniture. And as I was, ta- I was talking to you yesterday about how it could uh, assemble the furniture but it took quite a while for it to do it. It, it uh, completed the uh, IKEA, I think, uh, IKEA chair. Uh, two robots put together the chair in eight minutes. Now that's phenomenal because it's got to learn um, the parts, how to pick up the part, how to put the part, assemble the parts together, uh, make the connections, identify the screws, put the screws into the proper place. Um, so it's doing a lot of it's doing a lot of decision making, and you know a lot of it's running calculations to figure out how to do uh, these particular actions. And so, uh, you know, then they had a human being do the same assembly. And one thing they said that on the assembly, it wasn't so difficult for the human beings. There's two of them that put together the chair, they had kind of a difficult time with uh, connecting or tightening the screws because it, it uh, dexterity and the, and the device was not, uh, you know, it's just a little piece of uh, metal and they had to twist it to uh, tighten up the screw. Whereas the machine had, you know, uh, a instrument that it could quickly tighten the screw and so uh, there, there is was a difference in in uh, the tools, 
but if you could reduce the time to assemble the chair by from uh, eight minutes to 20 seconds, then the robot would be a much better way to do assembly than to have human assembly. And uh, so that, you know, that could be some of the labor where uh, that could be replaced by a robot is in furniture. Also the, you know, the fabrication of the different food or the different uh, uh, furniture pieces, the carving, the lathing, so forth, could be done by a robot. And uh, one thing that I was thinking about is that a lot of these furniture pieces are, are and patterns are, are uh, made in countries where they have certain types of uh, materials. And, but the, the design of the furniture could be all digitized and if the design was the key piece, you could have uh, you could have 3D printing create the furniture, and then you could have the materials uh, like that could be glued on to top of the 3D printing, uh, and robots could do that assembly. And then, so you could combine uh, uh, different types of materials to 3D printed structures. Now, you know, I would say that most companies that are doing the 3D printing are specializing only in that. They're not, you know, investing into robots for uh, putting, you know, gluing wood uh, coverings over the top of the 3D printing. But maybe there's a assembly line where you have one set of of machines that are building your 3d print and then you have another set of machines or robots that are uh, doing the finishing work so you have your pipeline of finishing work and, uh, and so forth all right well just some thoughts and uh, until tomorrow uh, sign out